Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And in this conversation, we have a question for you. What have you been reading? Well, us co-hosts are going to answer that question uh, for about 15 or 20 minutes or so, and then uh, we'll ask you what you've been reading in the comments and we pray and hope that uh, this could provoke some conversation. Maybe we could recommend some resources uh, that could benefit one another. And this is somewhat impromptu uh, by us, but it's my privilege to get to talk with Jimmy Johnson and Dewey Double. I believe this is the first time in a number of months, brothers, that we've all been on the podcast together. Uh, as we each are getting busier and the Lord is giving us more responsibilities in our respective ministries. And there's three of us to be able to uh, divide the podcasting labor up. We aren't frequently all together, but for this impromptu conversation, we've come together to talk about what we've been reading. So Dewey, why don't you kick us off? What have you been reading? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it's great to be back with both of my boys on the Covenant podcast. It's always good to be able to catch up with Austin and Jimmy off the air and hopefully to edify our listeners on the air. Uh, it's been a busy summer of life and ministry, but Lord willing, in the weeks to come, we hope to have some more content for our listeners. So hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes. I think it was Spurgeon who said that we need to visit many books, but live in the Bible. So I'm all for uh, following the counsel of the Prince of Preachers, and it's with that in mind that I've been working through a wonderful book in recent days, A Festrift, published by Free Grace Press in 2020, and that book is titled In Service to the Church, Essays in Honor of Dr. Robert Paul Martin. I have that book right here if you're watching online on YouTube, kind of gave it a, uh, <laughs> a panoramic shot there. On the camera. But in any case, this book has been remarkable to work through. It's been such a blessing to my soul. For some of our listeners who may not be aware of who Dr. Martin was or Dr. Bob, as he was called by those who knew him best, he was a Reformed Baptist professor and pastor for roughly three decades. And as we see throughout the book, as, as noted by the people who contributed to this book, God used Dr. Martin in a number of remarkable ways to make a lasting impact in the realms of Christian academia, the local church, and even missional-related contexts. From the academic standpoint, as, as outlined in the biographical sketch of his life, Dr. Martin earned an MDiv and a PhD from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, he was in school in the late 1970s and early 1980s, and from that point, after his time in seminary, he would eventually go on to serve as dean and professor of New Testament at the renowned Trinity Ministerial Academy in Montville, New Jersey. So he was an academic. He was gifted, a brilliant scholar in his own right, uh, but he was also a pastor. Dr. Martin loved the people of God. He was called and uniquely equipped by God to serve as an under shepherd of Christ's people. And uh, Dr. Martin most notably served as an elder at Emanuel Reformed Baptist Church in SeaTac, Washington, and he did so from the mid-1990s until his untimely death from cancer in 2016. And to this day, by the grace of God, Emanuel Reformed Baptist Church remains a vibrant, confessionally Reformed Baptist congregation, and it's encouraging to see uh, the men that the Lord has brought to that pulpit to, uh, to fill it, to edify the saints 
in the years since Dr. Martin went to be with the Lord. So academically and pastorally, Dr. Martin uh, was a unique and special man and also on the mission field. Uh, believe it or not, Dr. Martin had an, uh, a very profound impact on the mission field in places like Australia, the Philippines, Italy, and even South Africa. He had a heart for training up the next generation of men for ministry, and the Lord used him mightily in that area as well. So um, that's a brief biographical sketch of who Dr. Martin was. Regarding the book itself, there's seven sections of the book. So uh, the, the first section includes the forward preface and the biography of Dr. Martin's life and ministry. And then from, from that introduction uh, part of the book, you get into the next section, which is devoted to pastoral theology. Uh, the following section is then biblical and systematic theology. Uh, the fourth section features a compilation of memorial essays regarding the impact that Dr. Martin made on the lives and ministries in the broader kingdom of God for those who made uh, the, the contribution of those essays in the book. We also have in section five, the annotated bibliography, as well as a review of some of Dr. Martin's notable written works. So there's an extensive bibliography that goes through some of Dr. Martin's uh, most noteworthy works, as well as a review of some of those works for the benefit of the reader. And then in the final two sections of the book, we have some original contributions that Dr. Martin made, largely in the academic world. Uh, he was a regular contributor to the Reformed Baptist Theological Review. So you see many uh, of those articles, or I should say a sampling of those articles in that section. But uh, many of those articles that Dr. Martin contributed over the years, of course, can still be accessed to this day. And uh, there's also in the final section of the book, a compilation of articles that Dr. Martin devoted to the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. And I was very impressed to find out that throughout the course of Dr. Martin's time at Emmanuel Reformed Baptist Church in SeaTac, he preached 158 messages on the confession. So uh, for any of our listeners who want to be richly edified and blessed by Dr. Martin's exposition of the 1689 Confession. I would highly encourage you to check that out online. I definitely want to someday work my way through that series for my own edification. Uh, but this was a man who was devoted to uh, confessional, particular Baptist theology, piety, and practice. And that is a common theme that can be seen throughout the course of this publication. Dr. Martin, he seemed to be a man who had a towering intellect, with a humble and genuine devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, a heart for the people of God. And the, con uh, the contributors to the Festrift itself testify to this characteristic of Dr. Martin. The, the work of God through his life and ministry is repletely testified to from cover to cover in this book. Uh, some of these people who contributed to the book, some of these men who, who were able to bear witness to God's work in Dr. Martin's life, actually have come onto the Covenant podcast in the past. Uh, Brian Borgman, who edited the volume, has been on to our show before. Richard Varcelos, Jim Savastio, of course, Dr. Waldron as well has been on our show. There's others who contributed to the book that has not been on the Covenant podcast, but nonetheless, they are godly men, gifted scholars and pastors and elders and, and even church members. So I would heartily recommend this book to our listeners. Again, published by Free Grace Press, uh, titled In Service to the Church, Essays in Honor of Dr. Robert Paul Martin. And as one last plug for this book and one last plug to uh, maybe uh, devote some time and interest into studying Dr. Robert Martin, 
I was talking to Pastor Jim Savascio a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking a little bit about the life and ministry of Dr. Martin. And I was just telling him how much this book has impacted me over the past few weeks of reading it. And Pastor Jim actually said that in his opinion, Dr. Martin's work on the Sabbath is one of the most extensive treatments of the Sabbath and even one of the most important treatments of the Sabbath that's been produced within the Reformed Baptist theological tradition. And that's a pretty high praise from a more prominent Reformed Baptist pastor of our day. So um, to our listeners, take it for what it's worth. If Jim Savastio has those kinds of remarks for uh, Pastor Martin, as well as Dr. Waldron and these other contributors of this book, I want to just say, please go and check it out. You'll be blessed as I have been blessed as well. And uh, of course, if you're looking for an introductory treatment to Dr. Martin's uh, understanding of the Sabbath, chapter 21 of the book gets into a lot of the theological and exegetical arguments that he gives uh, for the perpetuity of the fourth commandment of God's moral law. So uh, that's a sketch of this wonderful book that I have been working through over the past few weeks. And with that in mind, I now want to transition over to Brother Jimmy. What are you reading these days, my friend? So the past several months, I've been focusing in on the subject of preaching. So I've been trying to read books on preaching, on the craft, history, um, things of that nature on preaching. And most recently, I'll just mention a few of them. Uh, I read Using Illustrations to Preach with Power by Brian Chapel. So Brian Chapel is probably most well-known for writing Christ-Centered Preaching, which is a popular introductory text on expositional preaching from a Reformed Presbyterian perspective, um, not uniquely Presbyterian, but a Reformed perspective. He is a Presbyterian elder in the PCA last time I checked, but using illustrations to preach with power, um, the title pretty well describes what the book is about. So he kind of goes through the theory uh, as well as the theology of utilizing illustrations in preaching, mainly focusing on narrative illustrations because there are a number of ways to illustrate in a sermon. We can use figures of speech like metaphor and simile and analogy and things of that nature, but he's focusing in on utilizing narrative and he uses an illustration to describe what illustrations do and he's basically using the anatomy of the human person so the exposition works as the skeleton the application the muscles and things like that whereas application is is the skin and it puts flesh on the sermon it embodies the sermon makes it more complete and whole and i would recommend the work i i think it's very valuable um and even i mean i've utilized some of the principles that I've found in it recently in my sermons, and, and I've seen it bear fruit. Another book um, that I know Austin has read is The Art of Prophesying by William Perkins. Obviously, a, a wonderful work in the history of preaching from a great Puritan pastor um, and theologian in William Perkins, and basically gives you like a very succinct exposition of what preaching is, what's included in it. Uh, it gives some work or does some things with hermeneutics and as well as just very like the use of memory in preaching and then also has a section on public prayer. Very interesting book, very helpful and practical. And, and I think it just helps to 
anyone who reads it to have a little bit of a a greater historical panorama of of the views of of preaching in that. And then recently I've started reading a book called The Heart is the Target. I need to look who wrote that. So it's by and the guys know I'm notoriously bad at pronouncing names. So here we go. It's by Murray Kapil. Um, that may not be right. And if for some reason it gets back to him, I apologize. Um, but this one is on application in preaching. And that's all it's about. Um, it's, it's trying to preach not only to the head, not only unfolding the text and giving exegesis and commentary, but seeking to apply it to the head and to the heart and to the hands of those who are under our care as pastors and preachers. Um, and then, so those are the main books I've been reading, at, at least that are explicitly Christian in nature. I've been reading several fiction books, but I don't know if that's what is wanted on the podcast, so I'm not going to go into those. So, um, and then also other things, but it's good to read broadly. I'll just say that it's good to read broadly. And, and if you're a pastor, it's always good to try and grow in the thing that you do most often, which in my case is preaching. And then some other things, other books, uh, I'm taking some classes through CBTS and counseling. So I'm reading books for that, The Christian Family by Herman Bovink, which if it's by Bovink, it's probably good. I, I think we could agree on that. And it is good from what I've been reading of it. And then Counsel for Couples, which also is a good book, um, giving kind of a survey on various issues and how to approach them from a biblical framework. Um, so those are two other books that I'm currently reading through and, and would recommend so far. Um, but as we we would often say of any book, just because we we recommend the book does not mean that we personally endorse every facet of it. So that's what I'm reading. Austin, what what have you been reading or what are you reading? Yeah, so I've got my uh, books next to me, if you could see on the video, if you're watching this uh, on the stack closest to away from my desk, I guess. Uh, I've got books that I've recently finished. And then in the middle, I've got like four or five books that I'm working through at the same time. Um, so I just recently finished uh, Tom Nettles' three volumes on the Baptists. I've been looking forward to reading these books for a number of uh, years. So I wanted to have a podcast about uh, what are you reading just so that way I could talk about the privilege that I've got to have reading these books by Tom Nettles. Uh, volume one talks about some of our uh, well-known particular Baptist forefathers in the faith that we know we've had uh, episodes about, but I really appreciated um, Tom Nettles' uh, discussion of what it means to be Baptist from a theologically integrated or a coherent truth uh, perspective. So he says that Baptists should be uh, orthodox on the doctrine of the Trinity and Christology, that we should be evangelical on the doctrine of justification and the necessity of Christ alone for salvation and the necessity of the Spirit uh, for regeneration. And then he talks about uh, a theologically integrated ecclesiology. Um, and then another mark of being a Baptist is a conscientious confessionalism or a conscientious catechetical. So uh, we're not 
uh, biblicists that say we can only use the words in scripture alone, but we articulate scripture and use documents as a subordinate standard to uh, scripture itself to accurately convey what scripture teaches. And Baptists have historically done this whenever they've covenanted together in uh, particular congregations. Thoroughly enjoyed reading volume one, volume two. Uh, I was encouraged by a story about John Gano and his meeting with the separatist Baptists whenever he was a regular Baptists. Um, a lot probably could be said, but it was encouraging to hear how whenever uh, division supposedly was arising from the separatist Baptists, uh, a minister from the Philadelphia Association was sent to basically investigate the practices of the separatist Baptists and their doctrine. And they concluded that their practices could be different in some ways, but they were Calvinistic and and that they should have agreed together. So I was encouraged to learn about the separate Baptists and the regular Baptists. I won't talk about all the volumes of the Baptists, but um, recently finished this short volume by Michael Haken on the doctrine of the Trinity, encouraging always to refresh up on the classics, especially from the patristic era, like Athanasius on the incarnation, Basil, Caesarea on the Holy Spirit. He briefly talks about these things. Uh, Irenaeus writing against Gnosticism in this short little book. For my pastoral internship with uh, Pastor Ron Miller, he's having me read some books on the Lord's Supper. So we're reading The Unsearchable Riches of Christ by James Durham and The Puritans on the Lord's Supper. And it has been spiritually refreshing to the soul to hear how Jesus is spiritually present in the Lord's Supper and how he's communicating grace through the means of the Lord's Supper and uh, it's been encouraging to learn and hopefully lead the people of God as we take the Lord's Supper weekly at our church. Um, I've had the privilege to do that a number of times recently, and by reading these books, uh, hopefully growing in my understanding of a Reformed view of the Lord's Supper. Um, I'm reading a number of commentaries as I'm preaching through the book of Ruth at our church as well, but I've got one sitting on my desk called Faithful God by Sinclair Ferguson. Uh, I'm borrowing it from my pastor, and it has been richly edifying to think of the kinsman redeemer uh, who typifies Jesus Christ redeeming us out of sin. And then lastly, I'm reading to the judicious and impartial reader by James Renahan. I'm in chapter seven and have learned a lot, encouraged and thankful to... Um, learn from some of the historical sources in this time period. And as we have done in previous episodes with James Renahan, we would recommend this resource to you and hope that you would uh, pick it up and profit from learning about the Second London Confession. Well, brothers, we've said what we've read. Any, any other further comments before I wrap us up? I can, on the video, make us all smaller. I'm glad you're more confident is, pronouncing names than I am. Hey, all I've got to say is I need to start reading more uh, because uh, I've, I've been living in one. I've been living in the Bible and visiting just one book. I need to uh, hop on a plane and visit a few other books to uh, keep up with you guys. But uh, grateful to hear how the Lord is using those resources to edify you and also further equip you both in the ministries he's entrusted to you. 
I might further clarify and say that these books I've been working on for like the last eight months, nine <laughs> months. And then these months, I, these books I read. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Do perhaps we could talk about uh, scripture reading plans in a future episode, but mm. we could, we could have another full conversation on um, what would be useful to help our people get into a consistent scripture reading plan and things that we mm-hmm. have tried to do to implement consistency in scripture reading. But we're at our 20 minute mark, which seems <laughs> to be a suitable place to wrap up. If you enjoyed this conversation, uh, perhaps you could leave us a, a review on iTunes, or uh, if not, perhaps you can comment on social media about what you've been reading about uh, things that you might have recommendations for our audience to pick up and read for themselves It is summertime, so perhaps students aren't in live courses right now and they've had opportunities to read books that they otherwise would not be reading. And so our question that we leave with you is, what have you been reading? Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. We wish you grace and peace. God bless.